Let's see. We're going to get the call here. We're getting the right call. That's all that matters. After review, good goal. Good goal. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal. What's up, Rangers and overall hockey fans? Thank you guys so much for chiming in for Rangers Review, episode 65 now. Myself, Wardy, that is Stat Boy Steven. This will probably be a little bit of a shorter episode today, not a typical podcast episode, as we have breaking news that came out yesterday at the time of being live here on YouTube and, of course, wherever you're listening to this afterwards where you get your audio podcast. That Yes, Niels Lundqvist, Rangers, one of their top prospects, has been traded to the Dallas Stars. So Steve and I will be sharing our raw reactions and who exactly won this trade, even though I think we have a good idea as of now, why Chris Drury was able to make this deal happen for the return that it was that we'll get into shortly. And then we'll advance with some prospect updates that Stephen loves to share and then wrap things up with a quick preseason preview in which Steve and I will both be in attendance for one or multiple games of the preseason for the New York Rangers starting next week at the time of being live here. But Play to get into, Stephen, before we hear your raw reaction about this trade, what were the details exactly? I would first like to share that at this juncture, Stephen, you know, we talk about Lee Sanderson. We talk about Vitaly Krasov. We talk about Niels Lundqvist. Vitaly's still on the team. We'll see again. He's going to be that guy that's a big question mark. How does he perform in preseason? Is he going to stay in this top six? Because right now he's lined up to be our third line right winner. I think at this juncture, Stephen, it's safe to say that – by all means, get closer prospects, but maybe get closer prospects that you don't like. I think that's what we have to do at this point, Stephen, because you just keep taking overs. I mean, how's it feel to be the uncle of all these players that naturally have no long-standing tenure in the Rangers organization? Let me hear it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Shishurkin's doing fine. You know, it's not that's it's not true. All that's true. I'll, I'll get. I'll give you that. And we got Offman. I know he's not going anywhere. So. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> need a, I feel like I need to bless the house to make sure nothing happens. But yeah, what? Um, so in your one, I guess I should ask you first, how does this feel as someone that, again, same way that you did with Elias and other players overseas, you built these relationships, you've gone to other families, things of that nature. How does this feel for you personally, not only as a fan, but someone that, again, has built a rather nice bond with Niels during his young time in the Rangers organization to now seem a part of the Dallas Stars. Um, honestly, I mean, it's, yeah, it's unfortunate that it didn't work out. Yeah, but, you know, he moves on, so we move on. It's that simple. It is that simple, yeah. So, I mean, do, do you think you'll have any relationship with him going forward, or do you think this is where things are cut off? Um, I mean, I might, I might run into him once or twice down the line, but you know, um, I will, I will not follow as extensively as I used to. I mean, of course, and look, I'm not saying that people shouldn't, I mean, if they are, if they feel a connection to a player and that player leaves the Rangers and they feel like they still want to follow that player. Sure. I mean, do whatever you want. It's, you know, everyone's free to do whatever they they, they desire in their fandom. Um, it's not that I will completely stop following. I mean, I'll, I'll check up on him once, once in a while to see how he's doing. But, you know, first and foremost, I'm a Rangers fan. And 
I follow these prospects because they're Ranger prospects. So, uh, yeah, I hope he does well in Dallas. Uh, I think it's a really good fit for him. Um, and honestly, you asked earlier who won the trade. I would say Nils Lundqvist won the trade. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. You know, it's it's crazy because when you look at this deal in the buildup, and I know that you referenced, I believe, earlier today or yesterday, a article that came out about Niels and the trade overall. And uh, Niels is not someone that I have ill will with. It's unfortunate that again, the Rangers were in this stereotypical situation where they had another top prospect that just did not pan out here. Wouldn't show up to camp until he was traded. And that held true. But I, it was nice to see at least Neil say that, you know, he believes that the Rangers are a great organization. He was just coming in at the wrong time. And, and he's not wrong for saying that because, again, when you look at the Rangers at the right side of D, even at left, Zach Jones is expected to start the year with the Rangers on that third pair. There just isn't room for him unless he truly balls out. And even then, who knows? Because we've seen guys in your past maybe perform pretty well or at least substantial enough where he could warrant them being in the lineup. I mean, I was a fan of Nils being in the lineup over the Trinorities of the world, among others, and it didn't happen given the Rangers' defensive core group last year. However, even with things being different this year, you could tell that, again, this was not an ill will thing. Nils just wanted to be given the right opportunity and have the right, again, chance to get a payday bigger than I know that what he would be getting, say, this year if he was buried in the AHL, and then before he noticed his contract will be up. So... Let's get into this trade a little bit, though, because, yes, Niels won in the sense that he got a trade to a team that he will have a chance to automatically be in their top nine of defense. Uh, pardon me, not top nine. I can't do math. Top six um, and even have potential to move up into their top four midseason. I don't think it'll be outlandish if Niels gets to play up. Maybe we'll see him get some time with Essel and Dell on that second pair. But for the Rangers. Chris Drury came into this one where he, again, the Rangers didn't have much leverage here, and yet they managed to pull off a 2023 first-round pick. It is top 10 protected, but this is one. This is easily one of the deepest drafts we've seen in a while. So this is a big deal in itself, and I do know that if that pick, for whatever reason, gets in the top 10, then that pick should be unprotected and moving to 2024. And if I'm not mistaken, Stephen, there is a conditional fourth-round pick, no? Yeah, so... About the first first round pick uh, first, it's top 10 protected, which doesn't necessarily mean that if it's a top 10 pick, they keep it. Mm -hmm. It just means that if it's a top 10 pick, they get to decide what to do with it. If that pick ends up to be 10th overall, and they, let's say halfway through the season, Pavelski has a career-ending injury, uh, Miro Heiskinen uh, wants to, you know, wants out or whatever, you know, so something happens to like their, their top players. And they see at the end of the season, well, let's give them the 10th overall pick now because next year might even be worse. Let's go in a re in, into a rebuild. Uh, like I'm not saying it's likely. I'm just painting a scenario. Then technically they can say, well, okay, New York can have our first round pick now. But it is a guaranteed first round pick. And I think that's the big difference with a trade like when we acquired Andrew Cobb, where it was conditional, a conditional first. Yeah. It starts out as a second. Despite the condition, it's a guaranteed first. So it's either a first next year or in 2024. And that fourth round pick, uh, it's a fourth round pick in 2024, I think. Okay. 
and it can turn into a third round pick in 2025 if Nils Lundqvist accumulates 55 points over the next two seasons with the Dallas Stars. Gotcha. Which again, very well could happen if he gets a decent amount of time. I mean, it's, on the it's not. Is that another question? Is that another question? Especially he's with Klingberg being gone now too. I yep. mean, he's going to have an opportunity to fill those shoes to an extent. And again, mm-hmm. that's why this matchup again. Niels is someone who I can still. I'm not going to go on my way to root for the guy, but he's still someone that again I don't have an ill will with. I was a heavy supporter of his, as were you, to different degrees. Because again, you're literally his uncle. But I, I was a fan of his, you know, obviously as he was building up the ranks as a top prospect for the Rangers. But I got to say, talk about a tip of the cap for Chris Drury. It, it, you know, I know circumstances were different. I think you referenced this yesterday on Twitter, but. The Rangers managed to get a bigger return out of Niels than what they did with Pavel Buchnevich. So it just shows you more and more that Chris Drury has quickly developed into, in my opinion, easily one of the best GMs in the game of the NHL in only a year's span. I mean, from what he did at last year's trade deadline to now, again, parting with the quote-unquote disgruntled prospect, just a prospect that knew he wasn't going to fit here, that wanted to go elsewhere. That's a deal where, I mean, even if the Rangers got like a second and a third, I felt would have been more feasible. They got a first, Stephen, in this oh, type of year's draft. I know. Just imagine if that becomes, say, the 11th pick. I mean, or in that top 15. Like, this is a draft where the Rangers are going to have an interesting situation now where talk about a potential pick they can part with. That is there. I, I, I have this vision for the Rangers awfully similar to last year where they will be a very good team throughout the year. However, they will take that next step and fixing their holes by the deadline. And I I do think it's going to be very deja vu in that sense. But now that you build this pick, you now have the luxury to potentially go after and seek a bigger time player by the deadline. That's say a rental or a guy that's maybe on two years left of his deal, whatever it may be. But even, even if the Rangers don't do that, you can't blame them because of how deep this draft is going to be. So that, yeah. I think that's really the biggest win here for Chris Drury and the Rangers. It's not any first-round pick. This draft is highly coveted. This is a yeah. big deal heading into 2023. So when you saw the Rangers originally get that first-round pick, I mean, what was your raw reaction? Were you blown away? Like, did you expect the Rangers to get one this return and two for this trade to happen as soon as it did? Because I, I got to say, I didn't expect it to happen this soon. Normally when we see these rumors, it's quite a buildup and a lot of times nothing happens. There could have been a, a realization where Niels didn't even play in North America this year and then they reassessed it come the offseason. Next year. I think, I think realistically, this, this is probably one of the rare cases where it's a win-win trade mm-hmm. because the Rangers got more for Lundqvist than you expected at first because we're talking about a player that requested a trade. And we've seen in the past that that might hurt the value of a young player a little bit. So to still get a first and a fourth, I think is great value. And look at it for the Dallas Stars, right? They lose John Klingberg in free agency. And now they go out and give up a a lottery-protected first-round pick and a mid-round pick for a player that they feel can step in right away. I think he's the second-best right-handed defenseman for them behind Miro Heiskanen. Yeah. He's going to have to uh, battle it out with Colin Miller and Yanni Hakanpah for that second pair right spot. I think he can – it's probably his to lose. Um, and it's not that Lundqvist wasn't good enough for the Rangers. It's just that Fox and Truba aren't going anywhere. And this coaching staff seems to prefer a different type of player 
on the third pair. It's not so much that Braden Schneider is better. It's just that Braden Schneider is a better fit for the way this team wants to play. I think I think it's both, personally. You know, I do think at this juncture, there's no denying that Braden's a better player. Now, granted, I know that you can make the counter that O'Neal's wasn't given as much of an opportunity as Braden. But give credit where credit's due. Braden played his way. It, it still blows my mind that, again, Braden was the one defenseman of mm. him, Niels, and Jones that we really weren't talking about heading into last year. And then he burst on the scene. You know, when the guy, when he was drafted, and John Davidson loved that pick, that was like a heavy favorite of his. That was one of the many good moves the previous Rangers regime was able to do in this rebuild. I always had that feeling that he was going to be someone that would hit the NHL sooner than expected. And that was a full-fledged. I mean, what Braden did down the stretch last year for the Rangers and in the playoffs, he is the right fit for this team, 1,000%. And to have him balance now with, again, a smaller defenseman assumed on his left side in Zach Jones, naturally that just looks like there's more potential long-term success than giving the keys to potentially Niels in the scenario where they didn't have Schneider. And then you might have more of those hiccups that you had early last year when the Rangers were trying to balance things and figure out their bottom, their bottom pair of defense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we often talk about the value of a player to the team versus the value of a player on the trade market for years. Jesper Fast had more value to the Rangers on the team than he would have in a trade. And I think Braden Schneider is a similar player in that regard where the Rangers get more out of him by playing him than they would get trading him away. And with Lundqvist, it's the other way around. Lundqvist wasn't fitting in their plans, but Lundqvist with a higher ceiling. If Lundqvist and Schneider traded at the same time, I think, I'm not sure Schneider returns a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick, to be honest. He'll, he'll, he'll return a nice package, but the, the, the potential for Schneider isn't as high as it is with Nils Lundqvist. It's also the pedigree of how he played in Sweden. And the fact that before training camp even starts, before the main training camp even starts, Drury manages to get a first and a fourth. That shows you what the value was to other teams for Nils Lundqvist. So it's it's a it's a trade that works out for all parties involved. But long term for the Rangers, there is no scenario where this trade makes them look good. And what I mean by that is there are basically two outcomes here for Lundqvist. Either he turns into a, a borderline top pair defenseman behind Heiskanen, like Ekholm is in Nashville, where he puts up 40, 45 points. He, he's, he's managing the power play, and he becomes like one of, the, one of the more underrated defensemen in the league. In that case, people might say, well, the Rangers gave up on a player too soon. Whereas if he doesn't develop into the player that people expect him to be, then there will be, will be people who say, well, because the Rangers didn't develop him right the first year he came over from, uh, from Sweden. So there's no scenario here where the Rangers are not going to look a little bit bad in terms of how from, this trade from, would be from, from a media perspective. Most yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 tend, I tend to agree with that. Um, but the beauty about this too is that this was a win-win. So the Rangers are going to have two options now, as I alluded to already. They're either going to keep this pick and potentially draft a kid, I'd say, you know, mid uh, first round in 2023. Okay. 
that becomes that very that very well can have higher upside than what Neil's ever had or will ever have in his career. Or yeah. two, you trade this pick and you make yourself that much more of a potential juggernaut as you enter playoffs. So that that's why from media perspective, it might seem like a loss, but we're focused on the now. You know, we're yeah. out of the rebuild. We're focused on not only developing the guys we currently have on this team more than anything else, but again, making that playoff push. The Rangers that I mean the but, expectations but, are different now than what they were yeah, last but, year. Are the Rangers already a team that should be trading where their first round picks every year to to win no. a cup? No, no, but I think it's important to realize that when you're able to have a trade like this happen and should a really, really good player that perfectly fits into this team, whether it's short-term or long-term, because, again, the Rangers are tight on cap, if that's going to have a substantial impact on playoff time, then you do it because it's not like it's the Rangers' only first-round pick they have. Mm-hmm. I think we have a different argument per se if the Rangers only have their one first this year. Yeah. And maybe maybe the Rangers come the trade deadline, maybe they do trade a first, but maybe it's only their first round pick. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Do they even have a first this year or not? They, they do. They do. Okay. And, and that's, that's right. the scenario that you could be looking at. And yeah, this could be a trade at the deadline that also has its own condition where you go, um, if... Um, like if it, it's going to be a first round pick, but it's going to be the lower of the two first round picks. If the Rangers don't make it to the Stanley cup final. And if the Rangers do make it to the Stanley cup final, it'd be the higher of the two first round picks. That's the kind of condition you can put in there. So it gives the Rangers ammunition. The Rangers right now going into next year's draft have their own first round pick, the Dallas stars, first round pick their own second round pick. And then a Colorado avalanche third round pick, which they got for Alexander Georgia. Uh, and then I, I don't think they don't have any picks in the fourth and the fifth round. And then there's two in the sixth and their own in the seventh. They got the Winnipeg pick in the sixth round pick from uh, in the sixth round from the Andrew Kopp trade. So they have ammunition to make something happen at the deadline. Yes. Um, so we'll see what happens. But what's interesting here is that I think Nils Lundqvist as a player is worth more than a first and a fourth round pick. But considering the situation yeah the circumstances made it difficult the circumstances lowered the value in well the perceived value for us at least yeah so the rangers got more than i expected but for dallas it's still a really good return as well yeah and i love the fact too that he went to a team that like i personally don't mind either i got no ill will with the dallas stars Mm -hmm. you know if he goes on and has success then great you know it, I, I see some people in the live chat right now are talking about, is this Zubov over again? I, I wouldn't go there just because, again, Zubov was in the prime of his career when the Rangers parted with him. We're talking about Niels as yet to prove himself at the NHL level. But yeah, is, Zubov, Zubov was already playing at a Hall of Fame at a Hall of Fame level when the Rangers traded yeah, him. That, that, that was a deal that never should have happened. This is one where even if Niels goes on to have yeah. – a career that he hopes for again let's say he tops out as a top line or top two line um defenseman and he's a power uh uh, power play specialist kind of similar to tony d and that Mm. aspect just without the attitude issues um it's still something where the rangers can come away and be beyond comfortable with knowing what again they were their hands were kind of tied because Niels wouldn't play here one uh for right now at least and two this type of return it just it Drury would have been, in my opinion, a madman to pass this up. 
Yeah, and and I see a lot of Ranger fans complaining about, oh, you know, he's a quitter, and and uh, you know, a player should not request a trade. But look, this happens. It, it happens more than people think. Um, for various, cut you off, Stephen. Just for, for various second. reasons. A lot of a lot of trade requests happen year after year that aren't even made public. Yeah. So. Yeah. Keep in mind, this is the, the New York Rangers, so yeah. almost anything and everything will be pushed out there by the media. Exactly. But d- d- to name a few players that forced their way off their their team uh, to then play for the Rangers for various reasons. Like I'm not complain. I'm not comparing those long to these players, but Kevin Hayes mm-hmm. refused to sign with Chicago and signed with us. Jimmy Vesey refused to sign with the Predators and the Sabres and yep. then signed with us. Adam Fox forced his way to New York. Kind of a big deal. <laughs> Not going to lie. <laughs> Martin St. Louis is one. And Mark Messier. Mark Messier forced his way out of Edmonton to come yep. to New York. So, I, And like I said, I'm not comparing Nils Lundqvist to these players or comparing Nils Lundqvist's situation to these players. But players often want to do what's best for them. And they should. I mean, rightfully so. These guys play maybe, if they're lucky, 15 years, 10, 15 years. Most NHL careers don't even last seven years. So they want to make as much money now as they can possibly get out of it. You know, today, three defensemen retired. Keith Yandel, P.K. Subban, and Zidane Ochara. I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to mention They made, I think, 66 68 78 and 102 million over the course of their careers but those are the outliers that's not the average salary that a player makes over the course of their career shout out to keith we love i will always love Yandel, no matter what yep but look nils lundquist didn't have a chance and it's not because he's not good enough it's because galant was looking for something else galant was looking for a different type of player on his third pair and Galland is also a coach that is not comfortable playing a defenseman on the other side of the pair. So what was there what, what was there to do for Nils Lundqvist? And over the last 12 months, I've actually talked about trading a defenseman to the Dallas Stars because it's such a good fit. I always thought it was going to be Jacob Truba, though. Yeah, I mean... That, I, always thought, I always thought Jacob Truba was the perfect candidate for Dallas to replace John Klingberg, for him to waive his no-move clause because there's no state income tax. Uh, Dallas is a, is a really it's, – it's a nice city to live. You know, it's a big city, so his, his wife could get a job there. It was – to me, it was a really good fit on, on, multiple, on multiple levels. And it ends up being Niels. We still end up trading a right-handed defenseman to the Dallas Stars in exchange for a first-round pick. So We should have thrown Libor in there just for the hell of it. But, again, that that's – that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> Levar Hayek should be put on waivers, and then we'll see that he clears waivers, and then we can just do, put this whole thing to rest. Yes. 31 um, teams to say no to him. But yeah, Nils Lundqvist, on to, to the Dallas Stars. Um, good luck to him. Yeah, good and, good luck to him indeed. Um, any, any final takeaways about this deal and what it means for the Rangers going forward? Um, I think it's nice for the Rangers to get a first-round pick because that will turn into a player, assuming that we use it to pick a player. That player will be ready at a later stage where the Rangers sort of 
you know, like like they they stack the prospects, like they spread them out over the years uh, to make sure they're uh, you know they don't all peak at the same time. You know, it's like it's 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 like it's like it keeps on rolling. Um, and yeah, I I'm happy with the, I'm happy with the trade. I'm happy with what we got for Niels Lundqvist. And I think Dallas Stars fans are gonna love him. And I don't know. And I saw the comment there. Is he gonna be the next John Klingberg or the next Julius Honka? I mean, who knows? Who knows? It, 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 it is I, I the the honka that that's that's talking about taking back to memory lane because I, I remember his whole situation. Interesting thing though, when Nils Lundqvist signed with the Rangers, his Swedish team Lulio signed Julius Honka to be his replacement. <laughs> I remember. I think we talked about that. I'm I'm almost certain I remember that happening. Um, yeah. So uh, in conclusion, the Nils trade a win win for both sides. Very happy as a Rangers fan to get the type of return that they did. And now they can focus, you know, all steam ahead for this upcoming season, which again is all aligned to be another big year for the Rangers and year two of being a win now team. Again, big thing for the Rangers now as we get into, you know, preseason preview, Stephen, as we know, uh, both of us are destined to be in attendance for this Monday's game at MSG Rangers versus versus Islanders first preseason. Uh, that's first preseason game of the year, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, so that's going to be an awesome matchup. Um, this should, um, again, God willing, I'll be able to go because everything, I'm like 90% certain I'm going right now. Um, this will be the first time I'll be at Madison Square Garden since the season opener in 2019. Jacob Truba's debut. Mark Stahl scored a wraparound goal. I mean, it, it's, been, it's oh. been a while. It, it's Leah, been a while. Leah Anderson's biggest trip of the year. Yeah, I was there. Again, his biggest highlight as a Ranger, unfortunately. I've been, I've been there for it all. Um, so it's going to be really that nice. That was against Winnipeg, right? Yeah, that was against Winnipeg. Correct. Yep. Ruba um, making his Rangers debut against his old team. Yeah. 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 That was, that was fitting. It It's, it's going to be very exciting to see how, um, how that preseason game goes. I'm sure the garden is going to be a lot of fun again. Haven't been there in years. So to anyone that's attending, look out for me, the short schmuck. I'll be wearing one of my Ranger jerseys. I'm sure look out for Steven wearing one Jersey that I can almost guarantee no one else will be wearing in MSG. So I don't think it'll be too hard to find us there. Um, but when we look at the Rangers preseason overall, before we get into the, you know, the regular season, this is kind of a segue, a, a season preview to both. Now um, this is a big year for Capo Caco. Alexi Lafreniere, both guys that are looking to take further steps in their game with more opportunities. Health will play a factor for Kako because he dealt with ailments multiple times this past year, including like a broken wrist. So like he's someone that we really hope to see get on a groove and take that jump now to potentially being, you know, a, I, I would say if Kako comes out of this year with 40, 45 points, I think that's a really nice step for him. Um, even though he wasn't too far off on that pace if he stayed fully healthy. And for Alexi Lafreniere, you know, making sure that he's getting key time on that top line, key time on the power play. Um, I think this is going to be a, a season where, God willing, we really see these guys start to take further steps in their game. And the biggest guy, though, more than anything, Stephen, is Vitaly Kratsov. He's the one where that's that's that big question mark. What is this guy going to bring for us? You know, we've been through hell and back with him already um, between if he's even going to be on the Rangers or not. I thought he was going to get a, traded to the Penguins like a year and a half ago. Never happened. Um, so as we fast forward to today and as we look at this preseason, um, what are you looking for most in Vitali and his game potentially having a significant role in the Rangers this year in the top nine? And overall, on the youngsters that will be involved, and of course, lean the way Brennan Offman, among others. Yeah, 
that with Kravtsov, I hope he shows that he can actually carry the puck because we've seen in preseason games before with him that he can score goals. You know, yeah. that I, I don't need to see that again. He needs to show that he belongs on an NHL team. And he can, he needs to do that by being a playmaker on his line, by making things happen, by carrying the puck into the zone, by creating offense. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the lineup's going to be. Of course, we don't know that yet. We're still, what, five days away, six days away from that game. How many guys and, do you think are going to um, – and this this just adds to me asking about uh, Offman and everyone else. How – what do you think the lineup is going to look like? How many Rangers starters are you think are going to play in game one, if if at all? I mean, the early preseason games always have more uh, unknown players, like prospects, invitees, yep. Wolfpack players. Jimmy the closer, <laughs> yeah, the closer you get to the regular season, the more the lineup will resemble what you see on opening night. Um, so that first game on Monday, I do expect a fair few uh, names that for me are interesting, you know, like prospects or uh, guys like Othman, Cooley, uh, Rempe, uh, Sikora, um, even even a guy like McConnell Barker or Korzak, you know, they, they, they might get a game or two. Ryder Korzak's the guy I'm, I'm looking for. I hope I hope he's playing. Yeah. My my dark horse to actually do something in the preseason is Patrick Kodorenko. I still think this guy has the the talent to be more than a minor league player. Um, he is, how old is he now? 23? You um, would know. I, I would not know. You would know between the two of us. <laughs> he's turning 24, I think, in October. Okay. Well, he I mean, as, as, the, as his uncle, you need to know his birthday, obviously. He was born on the exact same day as Leas Anderson, October 13th, of, of course you know. Of course you know that. <laughs> exactly. You got to have your nephews in line. <laughs> uh, no, I like Kodorenko. I liked him in his draft year. You know, I, I, I was surprised he went undrafted, but he was dealing with a leg injury. Um, he went to college. He played for the Michigan State Spartans. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, when the Rangers signed him in 2020, I was happy to see that name pop up again. Uh, so he's my dark horse. But the, the, the obvious guys to look for are Cooley, Othman, Sikora uh, as forwards. And then on defense, Jones and Robertson. Robertson um, is – yeah, jo Jones I'm going to be locked on a lot because, again, this is supposed to be hopefully a first full year with him um, as long as, again, he plays his potential. But Robertson is the one I think I'm probably most intrigued by defensively because we really haven't seen much of him yet. What's yeah. he going to look like this year? You know, um, that that's an interesting one for me. I, I'm excited to see how Matthew's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other guys that are, that are like, like recent draft picks, like Maxime Barbashev, for instance, yeah. is a guy who I think we drafted him in the fifth round this year. And is, that's Ivan's younger brother, correct? Yeah. Yes. He's the younger brother of Ivan Barbashev. He plays in the QMJHL for the Moncton Wildcats. So the Rangers have a QMJHL prospect for the first time since oof, Ryan Graves, I think. Because Lafreniere didn't play in the QMJHL after we drafted him, of course. Yep. Um, and, you know, there are players that, that might make some noise, like a guy like Austin Rushev. He's a big guy. Uh, Adam Edstrom, who is coming over from Sweden for preseason. He's not eligible for Hartford, so if he doesn't make the team, he'll, he'll go back to Sweden. Um, 
I'm really not that interested in Jimmy Vesey. I'm not even gonna waste time talking about him. Yeah. Uh, the guy's on a PTO. The guy, the guy's not an NHL caliber player at this point. Uh, Bobby Trevino. Oh, you, you know, you know that because you just said that he's gonna be, <laughs> he's gonna be. Oh, yeah, probably. He's probably gonna get a contract <laughs> and he's gonna take minutes away from Vitaly. Like, How much cool. you want about? How much uh, you want about? He takes it from Vitaly. <laughs> Uh, a second line of Panarin, Trocek, Vizi. Oh you started God. it, man. You you started this. I'm just finishing it I, um, because it's true. Correct me if I'm wrong. That <laughs> yeah, Bobby Trevino is going to be an interesting forward to uh, to keep an eye on. Ooh, Gustav Riedel. Uh Gustav Riedel from Sweden. Um, he potentially could make the team, and then of course the new guys that are expected to make the team. Guy like Ryan Carpenter, for instance. Yep. Um, and um, who's the other one? I, I was just thinking of. Oh, you, uh, know what, you know what we didn't even mention? What? Tyler Mott signing with the Sanders. Yeah, but it's only a one-year deal, so he's primed to come back at the deadline for a fifth-round pick. One can hope. Ottawa's going to be good this year. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't trust their defense or their goaltending enough. Um, to have them be a playoff team, but the, I think they're going to be pesky like what Detroit was last year. Um, yeah. What Detroit now expected to take another level. Yeah, I, I mean, could you imagine if the Rangers get Mott back at the deadline? That would that would be pretty amazing. And I wouldn't even actually lock the guy up this time. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even be surprised if they get Justin Brown back at the deadline too. I mean, he was good for the Rangers. It, it, that's the depth. I, I, mean, I, I just you... I just hope the Rangers defense plays Compton enough. Including would Zach you, Jones. Going into the playoffs, who would you rather have as your seventh defenseman? Justin Brown or Lieber Hayek? Come on. Oh, I mean, it's night and day. Yeah. But didn't um, Brown go back to Philly? Yeah, one-year yeah. deal. He's um, coming back. <laughs> the other interesting thing I noticed is that Justin Gauthier, oh, Justin Gauthier, Julian Gauthier, what's his name? Damn. Julian Gauthier went back from number 15 to number 12, now that Patrick Nemeth is gone. Um, and Gustav Riedal picked up number 15. Now, Riedal is an interesting story. They're 27-year-old center from Sweden. They signed him to a one-year, one-way deal, but he is waiver-exempt. So he's making an NHL salary even if he goes back to Hartford. So they basically guarantee him being in North America all season long. So they get an extended look at him and see if he can maybe make the team down the line if he doesn't on opening night. Um and then the other defenseman that I'm interested to see what's going to happen is Ty Emerson. Now, I'm not yes. expecting him to be like a star in the NHL, but, you know, it's still a talented guy. Played with Keandre Miller in college for Wisconsin. So there's a connection there. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Luca Heno, another defenseman uh, that the Rangers signed, was a teammate of Will Cooley in juniors with the Windsor Spitfires. So there's connections like all over the team. Um, and Brandon Scanlon, the, the last defenseman I'll mention here, um, number 58 on this roster. He was one of the, uh, I think it was like a top five target among undrafted free agents in college last season. Okay. So, um, interesting to see if, if he, I, I expect him to be in Hartford, but it's nice to see if Robertson and Jones make the team. Uh, that we have some some new blood in Hartford to maybe develop into something. You know, yeah, exciting times. You know what's crazy, and uh, this is a player who apparently has had, you know, as we know earlier in his career, has had some 
attitude issues, I think is the best way to say it. Not on the level as like blatant as we've seen with Tony, but Sonny Milano only manages to get a PTO with the Flames when he is one of the better passers among forwards in all the NHL. If you look at his advanced numbers, he had a he had a really good season last year, 34 points in 66 games. Man, I would have loved if the Rangers took him on a PTO over Jimmy VC. I mean, I would have. There are a couple of man. players actually that signed PTOs that I would have preferred over Jimmy VC. Uh, Zach Aston Reese is another one. Yeah, I mean, he's just he just has the experience from Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong. But Milano's my guy. He's from New York. I I, I think he grew up an Islanders fan, but again, no one's perfect. Um, he's from Massapequa, New York. Um, yeah. Where my mom gets her her literally. Massapequa, New York, fun fact, is like the only place where my mom gets potato salad. She loves potato salad, but she can only get it from New York. And she only gets it from like one specific deli in Massapequa. So it needs to be those two things. So whenever I'm in the area, I have to go get it for her. Maybe maybe Sonny's been there. But yeah, that that's one of the he's one of those players that I've always wanted the Rangers to land at some point. So when I saw one, the Rangers get Jimmy and then I didn't I didn't even think Milano was only going to be getting a PTO. That's the biggest shock to me. That's why I'm alluding to maybe the attitude thing, you know, locker room presence. Is that a factor if so how much uh, that led him to not even gain a guaranteed contract? It's pretty absurd in my opinion. I look, I think Jimmy Vesey got the PTO more as like a gesture to a former player than anything yeah. else. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Um but yeah, we'll see what happens. We have two players on a PTO. Matt Bartkowski is another one. Yes. The defenseman, former Bruin and yep. wild defenseman. Uh, played for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, I think, last season in the AHL. Okay. Um, not, not high expectations, but yeah, we'll see. Um, but when it comes to prospects, I would say Cooley, Othman, Sikora, Jones, Robertson and then Dylan Garand in goal. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you can't forget Garand because he should get a decent amount of playing time. So he's going to be this year in Hartford, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exciting. Uh, Speaking of goaltending, too, just um, not to get, I'm always getting off topic, but I was going through uh, the presumed NHL lines uh, last night, late last night. I'm just seeing how every team's shaping up right now. And it's crazy how you look at the Avalanche who just signed. Um, uh, pardon me, McKinnon to a nine-year deal. Great for them. Um, their goal. I love how petty. I love how petty McKinnon was in negotiations. I can, I can totally see it. Yeah, like 12, 12.5 and he goes, "No, I want twelve point six. I want more than McDavid." <laughs> as, as he should. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like yeah. seriously. I mean, after winning yeah. the cup, it, that, um, McKinnon's literally one of the best players in the world. I don't want to hear any debates. And I think yeah. it's just a matter of how much does that hurt the depth for Colorado going forward because they are not nearly as deep as what they were last year now. They're banking on the, the new hooks, among others, to really take another step. But what I was alluding to is their goaltending. It's Pavel Francouz and Alexander Georgiev. So Georgie is going to have a great opportunity to try to secure that number one starting spot between the two. Yeah, look, the more I look at the NHL, the more I – realize that outside of like five or six teams, goaltending just sucks. And our backups really solid too. I love Halak. Mm. I'm I think he's the perfect 
backup for this Rangers right. team. I really the Maple do. Leafs, the Maple Leafs going into a season with Matt Murray and uh, and Ilya Samsonov. Um, the the Devils are a young up and coming team. They can actually make the playoffs unless you look at their goaltending, which is Vitek Vanacek and Mackenzie Blackwood. Speaking of the Devils, um, a guy that I wonder if he's going to break out and make the roster this year or no is um the Swede. Um, why am I blanking? Alexander um, Holtz. Yes, Alexander Holtz. He's he's that he's that nasty sniper. It was. Him and Raymond, you know, like those were the ones back in the, that draft. Raymond's made an immediate impact. Love him to death already. Detroit's, yeah, Stevie Wise doing everything right. Devils aren't far off, but yeah, Alexander Holtz is a guy that I have a feeling is going to be thorn in the Rangers' side for years. By the way, for, for people that are that are playing fantasy hockey, if you were in a league with like fourteen teams or more, Nils Lundqvist would be an interesting sleeper pick for your defense. That's that's a good point. It's actually a very good point because he's expected to get a good, good amount of playing time from the jump. Yep. Yeah. Look at you, Steven, with the fantasy picks. I like that. <laughs> are you are you in any fantasy leagues or no? Uh I run a fantasy league. Yep. Yep. It's well, uh it's, did you yeah, draft we, already or no? Yeah, we did. We did. Um I okay. To, we, yeah, we need to take a step away. I need to hear where your team is. Uh I, I had the sixth overall pick and uh someone drafted Mika Zibanejad in the top five, which meant Leon Dreisidel dropped to sixth. Oh <laughs> there you go. So but uh no, it's 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 a fun league with friends, it's not too serious, you know, it's just just for shits and giggles. But um yeah, um so it's a it's a sixteen team league. I have um, Leon Dreisaitl, Johnny Gaudreau, Jonathan Huberdo, Sebastian Ajo. Those are basically my most interesting forwards. Uh, oh, Robert Thomas and Mark Stone. Oh, there and you go. Then, and then defense, I have Heiskanen, Fox, Theodore, Taves. And what I oh what I oh you got do, Taves. That's a great one. He's so underrated. What I always do at the end of the draft, like the last three four rounds, I always you know take a bit of a gamble with rookies. So I got Maddie Beneers, mm. um, Owen Power. Mm. And, um, where's the other one? Uh, Maddie Beneers, Owen Power, and uh, Jake Sanderson with my last three picks. So a bit of a gamble with the rookies to see if it works I out. like that, though. You're, you picked you picked all the rookies are expected to get, like, elite playing time. So. In 2019, with the 22nd and 23rd round pick, I got Kel McCarr and Quinn Hughes, so that worked out well. What's your goaltending? Um, my goaltending is Matt Murray and and yeah, Matt Murray is Toronto Maple Leafs, so he's gonna get wins. Um, True. Who's my other? I think I went with Vanacek because I think Vanacek is gonna get like a decent amount of wins for New Jersey. I think New Jersey's gonna so barely for- make the playoffs. So for fantasy, when it comes to goaltending, is wins most important? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Because I was gonna say you're you're you literally just critiqued the Leafs and the Devils. And oh, yet, but fantasy hockey is different than actual hockey. No, no, I I know. I, I I haven't played in a fantasy league for hockey in years, so I forgot yeah. what was the most important for yours. Okay, that 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 makes more sense then. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, people could even take a gamble again on Yuryev or uh, Francois, depending on, again, who's going to get more playing time because Colorado is 100% still going to be a good yeah. team this year. You're um, better off getting a goalie that plays 60 games 
for a mediocre team than a goalie that plays on a contender where they split it 50-50. Did Igor go high in your draft? Um, I think with the points we have, I think it was a first rounder in, in our league, yeah. Yeah. Vasilevsky and Shestjorkin were first rounders in our league. Okay. Very nice. So before we wrap up uh, today's episode, Stephen, um, quick prospect update. Uh, it's funny. The Ra- the Rangers, the rookie Rangers, you know, the little Rangers were just in Allentown, PA, uh, playing uh, in Phantoms Arena. That's five minutes away from me. And, of course, I was, out, I, I was out of town. I, was a little, I, I wasn't here the one time when they're here because my dad had talked about it for a while. We want to go. And then they were out of town. My parents were out of state. And I was out of town, too, separately. I didn't even realize that they were playing two games. I was like, son of a bitch. I, I really wish I was there because often played in that. Zach Jones was the captain for the Rangers among the rookies. So what what were your takeaways from that overall? How did how did the kids look, in your opinion? Well, look, I'm going to uh, uh, go on a quick rant here before we talk about the performance of the players. Okay. Because the first game wasn't televised at all. Oh, I we we say this every year. <laughs> this, this is another know, year talking know, about the I same know. bullshit. <laughs> the Flyers being the home team, the Friday game that's on them. But then the Saturday game was streamed on NBC Sports Philadelphia Plus. Yeah, and that's blacked out for me if I don't have like an online package with them. Well, it's every, blacked out every for Philly most game people. is blacked out for me unless it's I, out, I like, go it's out, my out way. for most people because you have to log on with like your cable providers details yes. or whatever. Yep, yep. What annoys me is that the Rangers didn't even bother broadcasting the game, uh, like on YouTube or on NHL. Yeah, that's uh, that's video. poor PR on their part. Other Why would they do that? Look, other teams. Uh, there were games that were being streamed and saved on youtube you can actually go watch it the next day so we're talking about prospect game you know there's no there's no copyright there's no licensing it's a prospect game who cares so it was it was really difficult to figure out how the players were doing but you know there were a couple of people that were at the game who were giving me giving me regular updates and from what i was told the top line for the rangers with sikora kodorenko and Othman was really strong in the first game. It was basically the one line that 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 actually had sustained pressure in the offensive zone. Um, the second game, Cooley played with Sikora and Kodorenko on that top line, uh, and the Rangers were outplayed five. They they lost five one. Uh, the first game they lost two one in overtime. But it's not about the result. These games are never about the result. Same with Traverse City. The Traverse City games in the past were never about the result. It's about what can a player do. Um, Bobby Trevino was one of the standouts, but again, he's 23. So he's, he's expected to be one of the standouts in, in those games. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just looking forward to Monday because I can actually can watch the Rangers play at Madison square garden. And the numbers will be weird on the back of the jerseys because you know, there will be Kodorenko with number 82 and there will be Bryce McConnell Barker with 47 and, you know, uh, um, Will Cooley with number 50. But it's going to be fun. It's, gonna, it's still going to be Rangers hockey. It's going to be the Rangers future that's on the ice that day. So, yeah, looking forward to that. They play the Islanders first. Uh, then the following day, Tuesday, they play in Boston. Um, so they, they do back-to-back. I, did, I think they do two sets of back-to-backs. 
Oh, um, really? Yeah. Um, the Thursday, they play the Devils at home. And then Friday, they play the Devils in New Jersey. And then the following week, they play the, Bru- the Bruins at home. I think that's Wednesday. And then the Islanders... But that's after I leave. So I'm, I'm missing the Islanders game at UBS Arena, but that's fine. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to four games in total. I'm going to the three home games and the one game in New Jersey. Awesome. Okay. And and what date is the game in Jersey again? Do you know? It's Friday the 30th. Okay. Gotcha. Um. Yeah, th- this is going to be fun. Yeah, I'm really excited for Monday's game. I'm figuring out um, if I'm going to drive into the city and just see how hectic that's going to be. I'll, I'll also I'll talk air off with you about that more. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, no, that it's going to be a lot of fun. So, guys, I think we have the nail on the head for everything you need to know from episode 65 of Rangers Review. Do we, have, do we have any questions before we wrap it up? Or oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, we'll t- we'll do we'll do like five minutes of questions if you guys got it here in the live show for people watching audio. We apologize that we're not able to take questions for obvious reasons. But yeah, we'll we'll take we'll take a couple questions before we wrap up the show. Um, while we see if we get any questions here in the live chat, Stephen, do the Rangers have a history of number sixty-five? Uh, not no one has ever played with sixty-five in official games, but a player has once uh, been a healthy scratch with number sixty-five. Was he notable? Not really. Born in Germany. Born in Germany. Oh. <laughs> That's all you need to say, Stephen. <laughs> who who is the schmuck? No clue. No, no Denny O'Regan. Oh, I actually know who Danny O'Regan is. Oh shit. Yeah, I remember the Rangers got him from Buffalo, I believe. And then he was with the Wolfpack for a bit. Where is he now? Is he so uh, let, me, let me let me check that actually. Uh so he was born in Berlin. Uh, played for the uh, played for the U.S. Uh, under eighteen team. Yeah, I remember University in college. Then he was with San Jose Buffalo. Uh, then he spent one year with the Rangers. Um, then he went to the Henderson Silver Knights, the Anaheim Ducks, and this season he's with the San Diego Gulls. Okay. He's under contract with the Anaheim Ducks. Yep. Um, for one more year. That's funny. Uh, I, it's funny because I knew the name right away, but as soon as you said Germany, I'm like, yeah, born in Germany. Like, yeah. Oh, I don't know this. Well, let's I see. Did, let's yeah, see. yeah, I should have thought about it a little bit harder. Shame on me. Um, let's see what comments we got. Let's let's take a couple. Um, Core Python, what's up, buddy? How are you? He says, uh, Stephen, who is Justin Gauthier? I only heard Justin Huberto. <laughs> I know. I was thinking when I said Justin Gauthier, I, I immediately thought, okay, people are gonna mention it because Mark always Mark is still getting getting shit because he said Justin Huberto once. How long ago was that? Uh, about seven, eight months ago. <laughs> I knew it was gonna come. Who will our five on five be better than will our five on five be better? At the start of last, uh, than that, the start of last season. If so, by how much? I, mm, I think the Rangers five on five will be better than last year because I do think that Laffy and Kako with more certainty from the jump, um, and a healthy Sammy Blay now, you know, Barkley Goudreau in for another year. I think the Rangers will be, 
Um, I, I think for them, it's just a matter of where will they be in the division by the time they get to the trade deadline. Uh, I know I'm getting ahead of myself here. But, yeah, I think five on five. That, the Rangers were putrid five on five. Um, and Chris Kreider, I'm sorry to break it to you guys. He's not scoring 50 goals again this year. If he does, I will be so happy to be proven wrong. But um, the Rangers will have to make sure that they're better five on five because even if the power play is great again, they're still they're not going to be on the same level as they were last year, in my opinion. Maybe not far off, but you're not going to get that same type of goal production that you're getting from Kreider. Yeah, um, I think a lot will depend on how Trocheck will will change the way Panarin yeah. plays. Um, I think the top line will be fine if Lafreniere is on it. Um, and yeah, I, I think Galan really needs to work on that with the team, you know, to be a better possession team. Um, if if they don't improve five on five, I don't see this team going far. So, and a lot will depend on how Kako and Lafreniere play. Yeah, as we've been saying for a little bit now, right? This isn't yeah. the first time. Because last season, let's last season, Panarin, Zabanajad, Kreider, and Fox all had career years. That the chances of all four of them repeating that or even improving on that is 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 so small. So you need someone to pick up pick up the the pieces. You know, Kreider going from fifty two goals to forty goals in itself is not terrible. But if at the same time Zibanejad goes from 80-plus points to only 70, and Adam Fox goes from a point-per-game player to like 65 as a defenseman, it's still good, but those are points that someone else has to pick up. Someone else has to make up for that. And Kako and Lafreniere are going to be instrumental in that. If they take that next step and if they can become 40, 50, maybe even 60-point players, then this team is, is, is looking really good going into the playoffs. Sleepwell says over or under 65 points this year for Vinny Trocek. Uh, how many points did Trocek have last season? 40 something. Um, 51. <clears throat> oh, so what? 14 more points by playing with Panarin? I think you can get that. I think I think he'll top out sixty five. Yeah. So I'm gonna go on the under slightly, slightly on the under. Um, but I, I would again not gonna complain if Vinny gives us a seventy point season. Not gonna hear me gripe about it. Um, who has a better chance of making the team, Cooley or Othman? Uh, well, this year neither are gonna make the team, but between the two, I would say it's Brendan Othman. I think Hoffman has a better chance to make it early on because he can play nine games before they send him down, and that's the only time they can actually play him. True. Uh, but down the line, Cooley can be called up any time, whereas Hoffman can only play for them after his junior season's over. That's a good point. You know, if Hoffman gets nine games or max nine games at the start of the season, then it's going to be him. If not, then Cooley definitely has a better chance because injuries are going to happen. Um, and it's going to be between him, Gettinger, and Trevino to see who the first call-up is going to be from Hartford and maybe Brozinski. So, and we'll see. Um, Cooley's going to be in Hartford, though. That's exciting. See how he makes, how he takes that step up from uh, from juniors to pro hockey. It's a big step. 
it's not easy for people for uh, for players you know yeah so. it's 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 gonna be very interesting to see how he performs because all ranger fans are ecstatic over this kid and how can you not be after what he did this past year in juniors but you know what guys i think that's a perfect time to cut off the show we want to thank you guys so much for chiming in this was episode 65 of rangers review that's that boy underscore steven on twitter I am Tyler, Wardy NYM, known for my Mets coverage on YouTube as well. And we will catch you guys hopefully within the next week or so after being in attendance for some Rangers preseason games. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Let's go Rangers. Let's go Rangers.